Okay, good afternoon, good afternoon. Thank you so much for joining me. This is the podcast, God's Holy Word. I'm your lovely host, Leslie Sullivan, and today is episode 88. We are moving right along with this lovely episode, or this uh, study, I should say. So we are taking a look at the book of Genesis, and right now we are in uh, chapter 3. And again, I am reading from the Leadership Bible. It is the NIV version, the New International Version. It's a really good one. Again, you can purchase that on Amazon.com. It's a really good Bible. I do suggest that you get one. So again, we're going to take a look at just a snippet of Genesis chapter 3. And I'm starting from verse 20. So it says, Adam named his wife Eve because she would become the mother of all the living. That doesn't mean Mother Earth or Mother Nature, not by any means. Goes on to say, the Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed him. So what's interesting is that you have to remember that Adam and Eve have just sinned. They realize they're naked. They tried to sew fig leaves together, but guess what? Even in their sinful state, God clothed them. He forgave them and he clothed them. That is the love of our Heavenly Father. So even when you make a mistake, God will still help you. But you know, let me say this. Even when you are on your knees in despair, and let's say it's your fault about what happened to you, God will always reach down a helping hand and help pick you up. But let me say this. You have to be open to God. If you're defiant and you're like, I don't believe in God, I don't need God, he's like, okay, I'm backing off you know, because God is a gentleman. He's not going to force himself into your life. So here we see where Adam and Eve were very open and receptive to God. They were open and receptive because they knew they had committed a sin. They knew there was basically a punishment, and that was basically now they could die. They, they are no longer immortal. And also they're going to be kicked out of the garden. So they knew this, but they still wanted to be close to God as well, and he wanted to be close to them. I think a lot of people make a mistake, and I don't think it's always, I don't, I don't always think, how to describe this correctly. Well, let me just start with the sentence here. Sometimes people make a mistake that they think God will never forgive them and he will completely always reject them when they commit a sin. And that, that you will never be in the same standing with God. I think that is a problem within Christian churches that, that practice hate and shame. And they, they preach guilt. And here's the thing. Guilt, shame, and hate do not come from God. So why would anybody preach that or embrace that? It makes no sense to you. But here's the thing. Based on God's holy word, even in our sinful state, God will help us, nurture us, love us, forgive us, and still continue to help us. But again, you have to be open and receptive to God in order for that to take place. Because if you don't like God and you say you don't need him, he's going to back off and say, okay, you're on your own. You know, fine, if that's what you want. But, you know, I always say, don't don't say no to God, say yes. Just say yes to God. I mean, saying no to God would be like saying no to winning the lottery. Like, that's dumb, right? So don't be dumb, be smart. Goes on to say, and the Lord God said, the man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. So the Lord God banished him from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken. After he drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the Garden of Eden cherubim and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. So here we see that God is protecting Adam and Eve 
from perpetually living in a constant state of sin because God didn't want that. He loved them very much. Here's the thing. Even when we sin, God loves us, guards us, and protects us. And so that's why there are consequences to sin, but God is always there to help us navigate things and to move on to a better life. So it's one of those things, you know, when we get knocked down for whatever reason, we're not supposed to stay down. We are supposed to get back up. That is the call of the Christian faith. So now we're going to move on to chapter 4 in Genesis, and this talks a little bit about Cain and Abel, uh, their sons. So it says, Adam made love to his wife Eve, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. So obviously you need a man and a woman to have a baby. Not two men, not two women, not transgender. It has to be one man, one woman. That's how things are. Anything outside of that, it's not from God. Goes on to say, she said, with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. Later she gave birth to his brother Abel. Now Abel kept flocks and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel, brought, Abel also brought excuse me, an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry, and his face was downcast. Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. So what happened here is very interesting. So both of these sons present an offering to God. One offering was good. One was not good, meaning it was probably not the first fruits or it wasn't the choicest offering. So that's why Cain made a mistake there, and he didn't like being um, basically held accountable for not showing and doing his best to and for God. So God's saying, hey, why don't you just do your best? Because if you don't do your best, you are, you are more likely to sin. So Cain was angry, but what's interesting is that, you know, I find very interesting, like, the, I think there are two different ways of failing. You know, you can fail but be doing your best, and that's just how it is. But you can also fail because you didn't do your best. Well, Cain failed because he didn't do his best. And so God is, you know, counseling him saying, hey, just do your best and this won't happen again. Cain didn't take it that way. Instead of taking responsibility for his lack of good stewardship, he takes it out on his brother. So he doesn't want to be held accountable for what he did. Not surprising, right? But it goes on to say, now Cain said to his brother Abel, Let's go out to the field. While they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord God said to Cain, where is your brother Abel? I don't know, he replied. Am I my brother's keeper? Kind of giving God a little bit of attitude, not very smart. The Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are under a curse and driven from the ground, which opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it will no longer yield its crops for you. You will be a restless wanderer on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is more than I can bear. Today you are driving me from the land, and I will be hidden from your presence. I will be a restless wanderer on the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. So he's kind of like, okay, your punishment's too harsh. Oh, woe is me. 
have pity on me. So again, he's not taking accountability. Like he has never apologized for killing his brother. <laughs> That's what's interesting here. He has never apologized. He's like, oh, I'm being punished for this? Oh, no. Oh, woe is me. Yeah, that's Cain's attitude, so don't be a Cain, okay? Be, be an Abel. But the Lord said to him, not so. Anyone who kills Cain will suffer vengeance seven times over. So God is saying, if someone kills you like you killed your brother, they will suffer way worse than what you will suffer, is what he's saying. Then the Lord put a mark on Cain so that no one who found him would kill him. So Cain went out from the Lord's presence and lived in the land of Nod, east of Eden. So not only was Cain punished, but he was also sent away from God's presence. So very interesting there. Goes on to say, Cain made love to his wife and she became pregnant and gave birth to Enoch. Cain was then building a city and he named it after his son Enoch. To Enoch was born Irad, and Irad was the father, or sorry, father of, I think it's, Mehujiel, I think, is, is that how you pronounce it? Mehujiel, I think that's how you pronounce it. My apologies. And he was the father of Methushiel. And Methushiel was the father of Lamech. Lamech married two women. God's not for that. Because <laughs> it's not monogamous. <laughs> One named Adah and the other Zillah. Adah gave birth to Jabal. He was the father of those who live in tents and raise livestock. His brother's name uh, was Jubal. He was the father of all who play stringed instruments and pipes. Zila also had a son, uh, Tubalcane, who forged all kinds of tools out of bronze and iron. Tubalcane's sister was Nama. Lamech said to his wives, Adad and Zila, listen to me. Wives of Lamech, hear my words. I have killed a man for wounding me, a young man for injuring me. If Cain is avenged seven times, then Lamech seventy-seven times. Adam made love to his wife again, and she gave birth to a son and named him Seth, saying, God has granted me another child in place of Abel, since Cain killed him. And Seth also had a son, and he named him Enosh. At that time, people began to call on the name of the Lord. So here we see where people outside of Adam and Eve are now, I would say, regularly worshiping God, and they are recognizing that that he is the one true God. So it's not just a bunch of people wandering around not knowing what to do. So not knowing what to do, excuse me. They have occupations and they are worshiping God. And so they're calling on the name of God and they're having fellowship with God. You know, what I want to say here is, you know, if ever you have lost a child and you want another child, but you've been told you are infertile or it's too late, it's never too late. Look what God did for Adam and Eve. He gave them another son to take the place of their son that had died. So with God, all things are possible. Don't ever give up. Do not ever, ever give up. Give God a chance to help you. He wants to help you. He loves you. He cares for you. God is very merciful and very true. So please recognize that it's not over till God says it's over. And even then, God makes exceptions to the rule all the time. You have to ask him. You have to give God a chance to bless you because, again, if you don't believe in God or if you turn your back on God, you're going to miss out on everything. And what's the point of that? It's like I said before, saying no to God is like saying no to the lottery. I mean, it's just dumb. Or, or, or it would be like being really sick with cancer. And let's say there's a life-saving drug. Saying no to God is like saying, no, I'm just going to die a slow, grueling death from cancer. I don't want to be healed and cured. 
Like it just doesn't make sense. So don't ever say no to the favor and blessing of God because, you know, here's the thing. When you say no to God, that is exactly what the enemy and what the devil wants you to do. So don't do what the devil wants you to do. Do what God wants you to do, which is to live a long, wonderful, blessed and prosperous life all the days of your life. It's a wonderful thing. I will go ahead and end this podcast, but as usual, until next time, I pray that you're happy, healthy, and whole, that you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. Thank you so much. God bless and bye-bye. Time.